Pokračujte do pokračovou. Job comes to the realization that he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He says, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Let me say it to you like this. When he has tried me, I shall break through as gold. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not coming out the same way I went in. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time that we want to share. We pray now, God, that your anointing would just saturate this room as it has. But we pray now the more. Pray now the overflow in the name of Jesus to be poured upon this sanctuary now. So this word can be life-changing. Uh, this word can be thought-provoking. And this word can renew the minds of every believer. And we just thank you for what it is going to do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. not coming out the same way I would. <clears throat> you know, after... The separation, the tear between God and mankind. God's desire was to always have a relationship like he had with Adam. His desire was that we would walk with him. And, and as each generation grew and as each generation moved forward, men became more wicked. And so God took it upon himself to find a man. Now, even though we start off with two people, but by the time Abraham showed up, there were nations of people, different places, different areas filled with people. And God decided to take one man to remove him from his situation, uh, to anoint him and to give him a promise to enter into a covenant relationship with him so that a people 
could be birthed through his loins for God. Yeah. And so we have to understand that we are conduits. Yeah. That God is still calling people to birth things and that he can get in covenant with us with so that we can birth things uh, uh, so that he can have a people called unto himself. Yes, sir. Everything that comes out of our loins, God wants it rededicated or dedicated back to him. Yeah, that's why we have to understand that, that anything we get, we got to give it back to God. Yes, I'm yes, sense here. Yes, because the only reason God blesses you to have is so that you can give it back. Yes. That's why God never asks for anything that we don't already have. Because whatever he asks us for, he already supplied it. Am I making sense in mind this room? He asked Abraham for his son, but who gave Abraham his son? God. He, he, he asked, whatever God asks for, God already blessed us with. So God now is trying to form a nation of people that he can call blessed, that he can pour out his blessings upon, that, that he can, that he can uh, uh, see that his way be walked out through the earth. God is looking for a group of people. He chose one man to birth a nation of people that would change the world, that would bring the gospel, that would tell people that would be not just any group of people. He didn't want his people to be like the Egyptians. He didn't want his people to be like the Chaldeans. He didn't want his people to be like any other people on the face of the earth. So he chose one man and got in a covenant relationship with them so that there would be a difference between him and the rest of the world. So what he tells Abraham is after he gives Abraham all these promises, he, gets, he comes to Abraham, gives him all these promises, tell him what he's going to do. Tell, and then finally God says, well, look, he said, let's seal this thing yeah. with yeah. the covenant. Yeah. And he says, and now with the covenant, I want you to do, because I've already told you what I'm going to do for you. He said, but what I want you to do in return, he says, and I want every child that is born, every male child that is born in your house to be circumcised on the eighth day of its birth. And that would be as a sign. And we'll make a sense here. It would not be the, the actual covenant, but it would be as a sign to anybody uh, that this person is set apart. Yes, sir. Yes, and we'll make a sense this So, so, so what, what he's saying is, is that is that uh, uh, is that if anybody would, would look upon him, because so you have to understand now that that. That, that when Abraham was circumcised, when they were circumcised the people, that it was done in, in, a, uh, in a temple later on. It was done by the priests, I'm making sense. So therefore, it was uh, uh, something that everybody saw. Yes. Something that everybody could be a witness of, that there was something special about this child, because this child was being set apart from the rest of the world. And so for the rest of his life, anybody who, who looked upon uh, his, his genitalia would be able to see that this just wasn't any old man. Uh -huh. And I'm making sense of this. And the doctor could see that this wasn't just any old man. His wives would be able to see that this wasn't just any old man, but this was a man that was set apart for God's purpose. Yeah. That this man had been, uh, uh, that had been in relationship, that this man is in covenant with the Lord thy God. So, so God always wanted to be a distinct difference between his people and everybody else. Yes. Distinct difference. I can remember in the book of Exodus where all the plagues were going forth. And there was frogs and there was locusts and there was famine all in Egypt. But where the, where the children of Israel lived, there was a difference. 
There were no frogs. There were no pestilence. There were uh, no, no locusts. There, there weren't any of these plagues. The plagues had ravished Egypt but did not ravish the people of God because there was a distinct difference. And am I making sense of here? Between God's people and between the Egyptians, there was a distinct difference. God wants a distinct difference between us and between the world. And am I making sense, my man? Am I making myself clear? That he wants a difference. He, he doesn't want us to look like the world. No, amen. He doesn't want us to act like the world. He doesn't want us to even think like the world. He said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. He is always provoking man, provoking his people to be different, to be set apart. And we have mastered uh, the act of being different outwardly. Oh, amen. Yes, we have. We have masks. We know what, what to wear at the, at the right church. Amen. Right. We know what to say around the right people. We have a master how to look different. But the Bible lets us know to be not transformed, but to be ye conformed by the what? Or not be ye conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it doesn't make a difference if you wear a nice suit and a doily on your head if your mind has not yet changed. He said, I want there to be a difference. And what we have translated now for the church is no longer is God looking on the circumcision of a man's foreskin, but he's now looking for a circumcised heart. He is now looking for a circumcised heart. And the Jews had a problem with this when the church was birthed because uh, they were so wrapped up into the, the sign of the covenant that they wanted everybody to look like them. But God was trying to get people to understand that the covenant was not in the circumcision. The covenant was in the action. I'm making sense in this room. That's why he says they don't have to be circumcised in order to be, to be recognized as children of God. But you will know them by the fruit. That they bear. So there will no longer be a cutting away of the foreskin, but now God is looking for a cutting away of the heart. God is looking for you to cut away that extra mess that is in your heart, and He's looking for your heart to be circumcised. Am I talking to anybody in this room? And God is looking for your heart to be circumcised, and that is what makes the distinct difference between us and Islam. That's what makes us different between us and Jehovah's Witness. That's what makes us different between us and the Buddhists, is that we have a circumcised heart, and that we serve a God who is full of grace and mercy. Is anybody excited about that? So, 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 so now that he wants, a, a, I want to be a distinct difference between us. So there ought to be a difference in everything in our life. Our finances ought to be different than everybody else's. And that's why I'm coming at this finance thing so hard because we can't look churchy in church, but then the creditors don't trust us with no money. When we're giving a bad testimony, people can't trust you with money. What they're saying is that you are a bad steward. Oh, amen. Hey, amen. So, so, so we, we, are, we are provoked, we are uh, encouraged to be different in every area and aspect in our lives. Not just morally, but also business. Amen. He doesn't expect us to conduct business the same as the world does. The world wants to cut you off as soon as you do something wrong. The world will fire you, let you work on a job 25, 30 years, let you go without any benefits. But God doesn't expect the church or people of God to do business 
just the same way. God doesn't expect us to raise our children the same way that the world raises the children. I'm making sense of it. He doesn't expect us to whoop them until they, until they bleed bloody or whoop them until they understand. No, God expects us to instruct them. Am I making sense of anybody? So he said that because we have to understand we have a key component that the world doesn't have and that is the word of God. Anybody ever heard the saying, let the word do the work? The, the Bible says that if you raise a child in the way that they should go, when they get older, they shall not depart. If you want your children to be successful in life, you better raise them in the way. Amen. Amen. Oh, I know I ain't talking to nobody. Here. You better raise them in a way. Uh, so, so he expects every area of our life to be different. Our work performance, our speech to be different, how we walk, how we look. He expects everything to be different. And we do a pretty good job. I would say in the church, we, we do a pretty good job. We do a pretty good job on our jobs. Yeah. Being different. We, we, we do a, a pretty good job uh, in, in situations of being different. We have some gray areas. Yeah. Yes, sir. There, there's some gray areas. We do a good job in the things that are easy. Right, 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 right. It's easy to, 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 to tell somebody that Jesus loves you. Right. It, it's easy when you got a pocket full of tracks to give somebody a track open. I like talking right. about but it's easy to give a pocket and give a track to somebody. It's easy to go and walk with a group of 15 people to pass out flyers in the neighborhood. That stuff is easy. It's easy because we're in a community of people that do the same thing. So it's easy. But one of the things that we struggle in, we struggle when it comes down to trials. And there is even supposed to be a difference on how we go through trials, how the believer goes through a trial, Opposed to how somebody in the world goes through a trial. Let me make sense of He said there ought to be a difference. You ought not be falling apart every time something don't go right. That's right. He said there ought to be a difference. That's what the world does. You, you ought not. You ought not be ready to, to fight and cuss everybody out when everything don't go the way you expected to go. That's how the world responds. We ought not be running and talking about woe is me and having a pity, or having a spirit of self pity upon us when things don't work out and when things go wrong in our lives and when we get sick. There ought to be a difference. There ought to be a difference how we go through chemotherapy and how the world goes through chemotherapy. There ought to be a difference of how we go through sicknesses and how the world goes through sickness. Am I making sense in this room that our difference ought to be in every area in our lives? And we have to, we can honestly say that we struggle with going through trials. That when it comes time for the believer to go through something, we normally respond to our situation the same way the world does. Right. Not even realizing that we have the Lord of the breakthrough on our side. Jesus. Not realizing that whatever we can't handle, God handles. Not, 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 not even keeping in mind that there's no need for us to lose our cool because the Bible declares that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. These are things that we have to keep in mind when we go through different things that it's not the end of the world. Amen. Because my mind is the reason why you have to go through what you go through is because God is trying to work a level of glory in your life. And you can't ask for God's anointing. You can't ask for the glory of God and expect not to go through something. 
And I think that the church has taught uh, a doctrine that's been false that once you come to Christ, everything changes. Everything is okay. No problem. But I come out here to tell you that once you give your life to Christ, the enemy works overtime to make the word of God alive. The word of God alive. And what we have to understand is we can't respond to a situation. We've got to respond to the word. And if we're going to break through life in 2013, we can't keep coming to God, telling him to change the condition. My God, my God, my God. We spend 95% of our prayer time praying that God change something other than ourselves. God change her. God change him. God change my job. God change my house. God change this. And we never think to ask God. Like this, Paul was in a prison uh, prison cell. He knew his life was, uh, was on the verge. He, he kind of was accepting the fact that he was going to end up dying in prison. And he wrote, "I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me." A scripture which I think has been misinterpreted so many times yeah. that we use this scripture to pretend as if we're superheroes, and then we can go out and lift up two-ton cars. Because we have Christ on our side. <laughs> or, 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 or we can do these, these crazy things because Christ is on our side. But I'll stop by to give you a, a, the, the outlook that Paul was really trying to get us to understand. That when you walk with Christ long enough, <laughs> you realize that whatever you go through, you can do all things. Hallelujah. Through Christ with strength. Am I making sense in this room? So what he's trying to get us to understand is that it's not the elimination of the trial. It's how I go through the trial. <laughs> Am I making sense in this room? We have to understand that you got to go through this thing rejoiceful. Am I making sense? And even even if you're in a season of mourning, you still got to have the joy of the Lord. I'm not trying to, to make you think that certain things don't have certain effects on your life. But what I'm saying is that nothing by any means shall harm you. That's what the scripture says. I'm trying to get you to understand that there's a weapon formed against you that's going to be able to prosper. I'm trying to get you to understand that every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God's going to condemn it. I'm trying to get you to understand that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord God will raise up a standard against it. I'm trying to get you to understand that when you go through something, you're not going through it alone. Stop going through your situations like you're the only one in it. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil while for thou art with me. Don't you understand that no matter where you are, the Bible declares that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us even until the end. Touch your neighbor and tell him until the end of the thing. Until the end of the thing. And you got to hang on until the end of it because the Bible declares that greater is the end of a thing. Then the beginning. Don't you judge what you're going through how you got in it. Y'all yes, listen to this again. Don't you judge your situation or how you entered into it. But look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, yeah. I'm not coming out the same way I went in. The end of a thing is greater. Yeah. And I'm making sense to somebody in this room. You got to keep going through this thing and I decree and declare that in the process that you're walking in, that it's not only going to be revealed, but his power is going to destroy every enemy. Yeah. His power 
is going to destroy every yoke. Is there anybody here that believes that? that the, the more you go into it, don't get concerned when it looks like it's the end, when it looks like it's final, when you get bad news. I somebody to tell you it's not the end, it's just the beginning. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Let me just ask somebody a question. Is there anybody who ever been through something and you thought you wasn't going to make it out, but you're still alive? Has anybody been through so such a detrimental situation that when you was going through it, all you could do was cry and you couldn't see your way out of it? But thanks be unto God, you can look back and wonder, how did I make it That's the kind of God that we serve, and that's why he encourages us not to go through our situations the same way as the world goes through them. That there has to be a difference. Somebody shout difference. There has to be a difference in how we go through. Now let me show you here in our scripture, we have, the, we have Job. Job now, as we know the story, if not, I'll give you a little bit of it, the backdrop of it. Job was a rich man, and he was a rich, righteous man. And so, so not only did he have more than enough, but he had the morals to go with it. And, and, and according to God, he was a righteous man in all of his time, and he had no reason for any type of ill will to be afflicted upon him. But Satan went to God and told the Lord that the only reason why Job is serving you is because you've blessed them so well. And he asked for permission. Or in fact, no, that wasn't how it happened. What happened was God said, consider this man Job. He said, consider him. And Satan couldn't even find him. God had to bring Job to Satan's attention. Y'all dismiss that. Whatever you go through, if the enemy is wreaking any havoc in your life, it's only because God exposed you to the enemy. And he only exposed you to the enemy because he knows you can go through what you're about to go through. It don't make sense to anybody. So, so he says, consider my servant Job. And Satan took a good look at him and said, well, I can see why Job is doing right because you blessed him so. And then God said, well, you can take anything but his life. And in one day, Job lost everything he had but his wife. Yes, Lord Jesus. Everything. Everything. Children. Dead. Dead. All of his cattle. Dead. House. Caught on fire. Everything is gone. And from the outside looking in, all of his friends come and tell him that God is repaying you from some, from some un, for some unforgiven sin that you have committed. Yes. Have you ever had people tell you that? Yep. That the reason why you went through is because you wasn't doing right? Yep. Oh, come on. Yes. Yes. Have you ever had people want explain your misfortune uh, because, you know, because you ain't living a certain kind of way? And so, and so what happened was this his friends came and had Job thinking that God was angry at him. And many of us harbor these things and we think God is angry at us and we don't inquire the Lord ourselves. And since we don't inquire the Lord ourselves, we begin to think that God is punishing us and we accept what we go through. And see, when we accept what we go through, we don't go through it. We make a bed. We make a tent. We build a house in it. And many of us have built a house in our situations because we think God is mad at us. But I stop by here to tell you that you need to inquire the Lord before you accept that. And if there is any unconfessed, unforgiven sin, all you have to do is turn from it and confess it. And the Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive you for it all. Hallelujah. So, so 
understand that since God has forgiven us, we have to understand that we have to look at another reason on why you're going through what you're going through. Am I making sense in here? And the reason why Job was going through what he was going through was because Satan was trying to get him to denounce his faith. Satan is trying to get you to denounce your faith. Well, you may say, I will never say there is no God. But the Bible said only a fool says in his heart. You have to understand that you might not necessarily say it out of your mouth, but your heart will have you do things. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. That will make you look like you don't believe God's word. Your heart will have you tripped up, committing acts and saying things as if you're a non-believer. And you have to understand that the enemy is trying to get you to denounce your faith. Because he knows that the only thing you've got going for you is the blood of Jesus. He knows he can't get to your life, so his job is to get you to take your own life. That's why he's trying to get you. That's why he's coming to your life and it's caused so much havoc and caused so much pain. Because he's trying to get you to throw in the towel. He's trying to get you to commit suicide. He's trying to get you to go back on that crack. He's trying to get you to go back to that man. He's trying to get you to go back to her. He's trying to get you to go back to selling drugs. But the devil is a liar. Do I have anybody in this room that's made up in their mind in 2013? I'm taking a stand. You're not going to have your way with me, devil. You're not going to do what you want to do to my family. You're not going to say what you want to say. I'm not going to denounce God. But is there anybody in this room that knows they got the greater one living in you and that you can do all things through Christ? You don't have to settle for it. Because there's a purpose in what you're going through. And do you understand that because we are in Christ, the deliverance is already that we walk into a situation delivered? I don't think we understand that. We walk into the situation delivered. Uh, the three Hebrew boys said, wait a minute. He said, he said, let me tell you something. Throw me one in there. He said, turn it up. Yeah, that's okay. He said, because you know what? I serve a God that can deliver me. But even if he doesn't. See, some of us are afraid because we're afraid that God's not going to do what he promised to do. But I like the three Hebrew boys because they said, well, look, even if God fell asleep on a job, even if God forgot about where we were, even if God allowed this thing to happen, I'm still not bowing to you. And that's how we got to be. God, if you don't deliver me out of this, God, if you don't heal me from this, God, if you don't cause this thing to happen, I'm still going to serve you. We've got to learn how to serve God by all means necessary in any condition. The church for too long have preached that you got to be a certain way to serve God. We preach for too long, you got to look like this, you got to be this, you got to sound like that, you got to say this in order to serve God. But the Bible lets me, the Bible lets me know Revelation says, whosoever will, let him come and drink freely from the tree of life, from the water of life. We have to understand if you are willing, Joel said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise. He said, whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So now you have Job here. He's going through what he's going through. And, 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 and now we have a moment of insanity that we're reading. 
Has, has anybody ever gone through something so devastating that you felt like you was losing your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you felt like you was losing your mind and, 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 and if anybody would have saw you in that state, they might have called that core. If, if, if anybody would have been with you while you were going through, if anybody could get in your mind, they might have put you in a uh, in, in one of those uh, backward coats. Straight jacket. Straight jacket. I don't want to say backward coats. Straight jacket. And Job was going through a situation because his friends had just left him and told him that God was mad at him, and he was just trying to figure out something, and he could not feel God in his situation. And I'm stopped by here the big, to tell you the biggest trick that the enemy plays on us is to convince us that we can't find God when we go through. Come on. And I'm stopped by here to tell you that whatever you're going through, God has already prepped you for. That's why he's silent. So anybody here been to school know that the teacher doesn't talk during the test? When the test is going, you can't ask the teacher all these questions. They already prepared you to take the test. Am I talking to somebody in this room? The only reason why you can't get the answer from God that you want while you're going through is because he gave you the answer before you went through it. Oh my God. You've got to remember what, that's why the Bible says the Spirit will bring everything back to our remembrance. He's not necessarily talking about any old thing. He's talking about the things of God, the things that God has promised you. And sometimes you've got to reflect and remember what God said before you got into this. And I'll stop by and tell you, God's word on your life doesn't change because you go through something. The Bible says that God's word shall remain. Everything else is going to pass the word away, but God's word shall remain. So now Job is at a, at a time of insanity. He's at a time of insanity, and he says, he says out loud, he says, he says, I go forward, but he is not there. He said, I go backward, but I don't perceive him. I can't find him. So, so he's looking for God all in this situation. And he says, he says, when he acts on the left, I see some things that he's doing, but I can't find them. Oh, he, says, he says, when I turn to the right, I can't see him. But then he gets this revelation in verse 10, and he realizes what he's going through has nothing to do with him. That what he's going through has nothing to do with him. And so when he realizes that it doesn't matter what I can see, or what I can't see. Because now he begins to talk to us about the omniscience of God. And he says, but he knows the way that I take. And he said, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When Job is now accepting the fact that this is not uh, the, the sole work of the devil. He has to understand that God is using the enemy to take me through a process to make me better. Yeah. What Job is realizing is that even though I don't see him in this, and even though I don't feel God in this, and even though I feel like God has hidden himself from me, the truth of the matter is, is that it doesn't make a difference whether I see God or not. I got to remember that God knows. That even if I don't feel God in my situation, that God knows what I'm going through. Is there anybody in this room that ever had that epiphany that you just had to get up off the floor and stop coming to the altar and stop crying to everybody about what's going on and just realize that even though you didn't see God through it, God knows you're going through it. Listen, you've got to 
understand something uh, that even though you can't see God and even though you can't feel God, you got to understand that God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what you're thinking. God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows exactly how much money you've lost. He knows how much time you've spent. He knows how your body is going. He knows how your mind is going. He knows what kind of condition you're in. And so many times we're trying to find God, but I'm stopped by to tell you that even when you don't see him, you still got to be thankful. Because even when you don't see God, God sees us and he knows where we are. You don't have to be concerned this year about what happened last year. Because everything that happened last year, God already took care of. And I'm stopped by to tell you that everything that happens this year, God has already taken care of. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. And everything that happens five years from now, God has already taken care of. So the only thing you got to do is allow the process to make you better and you'll walk with God. Is there anybody in this room that's ever been through something, but when they came out and looked in retrospect, you understood that it made you better? That thing kept you on your knees. That thing kept you in the house of God. That thing kept you with your mind staying on him. And even though you didn't feel him, even though everybody else was shouting, and you were just looking around, wondering when God is going to move on me, God knew right where you were. He knew you were in the valley of decision. He knew your body was racked with pain. He knew the cancer was spreading. He knew the diabetes was coming. But the word of God declares that he was wounded for my transgression. And the peace was upon the chastisement of my peace was upon his brow and by his stripes I am healed. Is there anybody in here whose body feels like it's sick but you still believe that you're healed? Is there anybody in here that might have a walk with a limp but you still believe that your body is healed? The doctor diagnosed you with something, but you believe that my body is healed. Is there anybody in this room that's going through a situation right now, as early as it is in 2013, but you understand that I'm not going through for the devil to get the victory? I'm only going through because it's for my good. For his glory. Is there anybody in this room that's excited that God chose you to allow the glory of God to be revealed? Well, I'll stop by here to tell you that when you go through what you have to go through this year, break through it. When you have to go through what you're going through this year, break through it. Stop letting your situation keep you bound up.
like smoke huh? I don't even look like what I've been through huh? Is there anybody in this room huh? That's been to the blood huh? But you don't smell like water huh? Is there anybody in this room huh? That's going through depression huh? But you're still alive huh? You need to know huh? That whatever God delivered you from last time He's faithful and just huh?
say. I know it didn't feel good. I know it didn't look good. I know this thing had you looking like you was a non-believer. I know it had you feeling like that God was punishing you. But I'm stopped by here with some good news. The only reason why you were allowed to go through it is because God knows you can handle it. He'll never put more on you than you can bear. Is there anybody in this room understand one thing? They lost their wives and their children. They lost their possessions. And the men cried all night long. Now what kind of army can take back the plunder of the devil? Crying all night long. But David didn't cry. The Bible said he put on his ephod. He put on his prayer shawl. He went into his secret closet. And he said, Lord, I gotta ask you one question.
is with God. Ain't no other one. I know you. I know you contemplated on a million different things that you need in order. To, well, Lord, if you do this, uh, if that happens, and Lord, if He does this, and Lord, if she do this, Lord, if this work out, that I'll stop by here to tell you the only way you break it down is with God. And God's going to have to give you the okay to go back to the enemy's camp. But you know what the problem with some of us? It's not that God didn't give us the okay. Is that we're afraid to break through. You can't even begin to restore anything. God can't continue, can't give you anything back until after you break through this thing. God allowed Job to go through a series of situations. He tested Job at every point. He allowed his own spouse to come against him. But Job withstood the test. And at the end, he gave him double. I think y'all missed that. That's the kind of breakthrough I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just getting back what he just saw. I'm talking about getting double. Everything that Job lost, he got double. And the man was rich before he went in. Now he was multi-rich. Don't just settle. Just don't settle for a little peace. You keep praying. You keep believing. God, one thing about us, we get tricked. As soon as one thing happens, we get complacent. Oh, the Lord didn't do this, so we get complacent. No, no, you got to keep moving. Because you got a series of things to break through. You got areas in lives that you got to break through. You can't just be a breakthrough in finances and be a mess morally. And you can't be a mess morally not broken through through your finances. You can't be coming to church but yet don't know how to work on a job with people. We, we got to be able to be what God has called us to be in every area, in every facet. And we've got to break through. I told y'all on uh, Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning that God delivered us. Last year was a year of deliverance. We were wilding on the floor, laid on the floor, prostrate before God. We saw, we saw demons cast out. Been through a series of things. God said, that's over. That's over. I'm not going to keep trying to free folk that are already free. God said, I can't keep this. What do we want me to do? I ain't done it all. God says, now it's time for you to get up and make that decision to break through. Job could have easily sat there yeah. wallowed in his mess. Do you understand that he didn't even see God? That, it was a point where, he, see, so many of us, we don't see God, we start coming to church. Yeah, yeah. It's an adulterous generation. We don't see what we want to see, so we leave. Yeah. Well, I don't see no benefit going up there every week because I'm still, this is still going on. And even when Job couldn't see God, he realized that it was not about Job seeing God. It was about God knowing where Job was. And even when you don't see God, God knows where you are. And he knows what you need. And if you would just be patient.